and welcome to the Christian Formation Podcast. I'm Raven, and I'm here with Andrew, one of our pastors at Providence Church. The goal of this podcast is to form disciples to live all of life with the presence of God. And we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Today, we're discussing the theme of king and kingdoms. That's not true. Yep, that's not true at all. <laughs> I saw that and I was like, wait, is she going <laughs> to... Well, my phone was vibrating. And so I was oh like, oh my word, what's going on? Okay. It's <laughs> starting again. Today, we're discussing the theme of exile. <laughs> Why are you know, laughing? Just... Oh man. Okay. Rough start, but we're going for it. Andrew, how do you feel that it's the last week of October? How are you feeling about jumping into November? Um, wow. Good question. The year has gone very fast. I will say that. And November feels like, well, at least for us as a church, it just kind of feels like it begins to get crazy. And then it's just the end of the year. Cause we do our big like missions week in the middle of November and then it's immediately Thanksgiving and then it's December and you're getting ready for Christmas and it's the end of the year. So I feel like once it hits November, it's kind of just a race to the end. Yeah, that's true. Which feels weird, but it just, it that's just the way it goes, I feel like. Because December, yeah. I don't know, is always like packed with random things and Christmas parties and whatever you have going on. And again, for us, the like hectic nature of events and different things kind of picks up mm-hmm. in the middle of November. Right, exactly. I don't know why. I always think of Advent in november i think it's because well yeah we do but i think it's because i know okay advent's coming up it's going to be near the end then we're going to go into christmas and it's yeah it's starting the do you think about thanksgiving no sadly oh that is sad i mean but if i'm in a work context that's what i'm thinking about maybe if i'm in a personal context i'm thinking about it i don't know actually probably not i would still be thinking about work i like thanksgiving yeah i do too it's actually one of my favorite holidays really yeah because we get to go see my grandparents in oklahoma that is fun i love christmas though so thanksgiving Mm -hmm. i do like it but it kind of gets dwarfed because by that time i'm ready to move forward is that a (laughs) bad thing to say (laughs) no it's just funny i was thinking you're gonna say oh it gets overshadowed who says dwarf i do it's just it's a different I don't know. <laughs> I guess it gets oh overshadowed. Word. That's hilarious. Such a long word. Yeah, I guess so. Do you normally try to use shorter words? I try to change it up a little bit. Okay. I don't try actually. But isn't that a thing? And this is more like formal, but like speaking and writing, you're supposed to change up length of words and sentences and things like that to make it easier to read. Have you been studying for the book that you're going to write? I don't start a rumor like that (laughs) on a podcast. I am not writing a book. Guys, we're trying to encourage him to write a book. I think it'd be so great. Uh, (laughs) You you know, the general public and Jake. (laughs) Jake, That is true. The two people that have mentioned that to me. Right. Maybe I'll do it in November. Okay. There we go. Jake, if you're listening, we got to hold him to it. You should notice the smile on my face as I I was going to say, he's actually not serious. I just said November's chaotic. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. But you could still write a book. I believe in you. Jake and I think you could do it. If you guys are wondering who Jake is, he's another person on staff. (laughs) Some random guy that once told me I could write a book. (laughs) Well, today, instead of talking about writing books, we're going to talk about the ultimate book, which is the Bible and the theme of exile that we see in the Old Testament. We've been trekking through themes, and this is our third to last theme. We have two more after this, I believe. Wow, now we have to do it. 
we just said it might make this our last theme. Who knows? <laughs> I'm not going to hold us to anything. But essentially, we're talking about themes in the Old Testament, and it's been really helpful just for my own mind and heart to just realize that everything in the Bible is so purposeful and intentional, and I didn't really realize that before this. Yeah. I mean, we obviously planned some of this stuff out, but I think it's been really helpful too, even for my own mind to see the depth of some of these things or maybe even how they more practically apply because I've learned some of this stuff like in seminary or I've read some of these things, but a lot of times people are just trying to get you to see it. Whereas this has been helpful as we've talked through it to see how that really does matter. So it's not just I mean, I think the big piece is, you know, these themes and you can read the Old Testament better, but to read the Old Testament better is to know God and how that impacts our life Mm. in better ways. So I think it's been helpful. Hopefully listeners do too. Yeah, I know. We need to start asking people. I know. I don't talk to people about the podcast. Oh my word. I actually got a text from someone this morning who was like, I'm catching up on the Christian Formation podcast and I'm dying laughing at your definition of a hobbit. (laughs) I don't even and remember I was talking like, about Oh my Hobbit. word. It was in episode 149. But I was cracking wow, up that's because intense that you know that, she right? Text me that. that. Well, I mean, I looked it up. She sent me a <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> it's not that's not. Hobbit Could you imagine if I had that memory? Dwarves and yeah. all sorts of interesting things. I know. We just have a lot going on. And now exile. And now exile, which is a I don't know, maybe a different theme for people. It's definitely not a fun theme. Like some of the ones we've talked about are immediately like just like good or better. Like when you think of the sun, like we just talked about last time, that kind of makes sense in our minds or even you mentioned covenant last time, this idea that God makes a relationship with us. This theme is maybe on the darker scale of just what it means to be in exile. And I don't know. I I don't even know. I would say for me, I'd always heard of the, the exile, like Mm -hmm. in Israel's history, although I didn't know much about it, Yeah, but I definitely didn't know that, it was a theme. Oh, yeah, same. I also knew that it was Israel. And I've heard people say, oh, we're exiles. Because essentially, an exile oh, yeah. is someone who's forced out of their home country and is now living somewhere else. And so people would say, well, we're in Christ, so our home country is heaven. So yeah. we're exiles here. Wait, but, so that's kind of a positive take on it, right? Yeah, that's true. Because that's saying, yeah, that we belong in heaven or whatever. Like, that's our home Mm -hmm. and so so i guess that is more of a positive i guess i usually think of it as like a dark for some reason like i don't know why this is but like in my mind there's like a not like an actual picture of exile it just feels like a dark gray scale over the theme of exile but that's a little bit more positive yeah i mean it's not my first thought my first thought definitely is the israelites in exile but then i also think about how people say that about christians and i'm like is that true like we're not forced out of heaven we're just not in heaven yet Yeah. Well, maybe let's get into the Old Testament because I guess primarily in the Old Testament, I feel like it is probably a little bit darker of a view of exile. Yeah. Whereas then maybe at the end we could re-examine that idea because we are called exiles and strangers and sojourners and people Mm -hmm. that don't fully belong here. So maybe the Old Testament can kind of help us make sense of what does that actually mean then that we are exiles today. Yeah. No, that sounds good. So when I would naturally think of exile, I would think of the Israelites in exile, which is later, I think, in the Old Testament, or is it later in Genesis? Yeah, I mean, it, it's later in the Old Testament in general. The I should say it's later in the time period of the Old Testament, because it happens in 
Kings and in Chronicles, we get told about it. And then some of the prophets talk about it, like the people either going into exile or being in exile. So actually when you're reading it, just like on the pages, it's kind of in different places. But in the timeline, if you think of Israel's history, it's toward the end. Okay. But when we think about the theme of exile, we see it a lot earlier, right? Yeah. I would say the theme, if I may hit my same drum, comes in Exodus or er, <laughs> comes in Genesis one through three. Again, so we say this every time, but Genesis one and two is God creating the perfect like setting for his people to be in this little garden. Well, in Genesis three, when they sin, uh, one of the consequences of that sin at the end of the chapter is that God exiles them out mm-hmm. of the garden. So they actually get kicked out of the garden. They now have to go into whatever at this point is outside of the garden and it gets like guarded. So they won't be able to come back home. You know, mm-hmm. So when we think of exiles as being from a land and being removed from that land into a new place, that that is exactly what happens to Adam and Eve. They are meant to be in the garden and they're exiled out of the garden, and they can no longer have what that garden symbolizes, which is the presence of God, union with God, this like flourishing life with him in creation. They're exiled from that, and now they no longer get to experience that. Yeah, which I feel like makes total sense, but for some reason I don't think of that as exile. And I think it's because the Israelites' exile is labeled like the exile. Yeah. Is there something about that that does primarily feel hard to see it as exile? Because it doesn't say the word exile. I don't think in most of our translations. So it doesn't say like Adam and Eve got exiled out of here. Right. But is there something, I guess I'm asking, that we are missing by not seeing it as exile or by, I guess I don't know what else we'd see it as. Right. I think that if we don't see it that way, we miss out on this theme of exile that we do see throughout the Old Testament, which is problematic for us because we're missing out on fundamental truths in something that God's trying to teach us, which we'll get to. Yeah. But I think that it's a little bit difficult, at least for me, to think of that because I don't have a lot of familiarity with being exiled. Like in today's culture and today's world, we don't talk about exiles all the time. I mean, we talk about refugees fleeing from place, but we say refugees. We're not necessarily always saying that a people were exiled from their home. At least that's probably something that I just think of. So in my mind, exile seems like a, an older term that isn't used quite as often. And so I don't have a schema or a, you know, mental heuristic or shortcut in my mind for, oh, that would be exile. Like I just don't think of it as being in my vocabulary at all. Yeah, which is probably where the definition is helpful for us to understand it or make sense of it more rather than just the word. But the idea of having to leave your home or where you belong Mm -hmm. and being forced into a different place, a place that's not home, essentially. Which again, that is what is happening. It's part of the conflict that we keep talking about in Genesis 1 through 3 is that Adam and Eve have a home, a place where they belong. And maybe to fill this out, it might be helpful. I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here a little bit, but when you think of the garden and Mm -hmm. like life in the garden, what are some of the things that come to mind about why that is such a good creation design of God to build this garden, put Adam and Eve in it? What is so good about the garden? I think just the idea that it's perfect, that there's no insecurity, right? They walked around naked and had no idea. They had 
access to God's presence, as it says that he walked in the cool of the day in the garden. And I think it just paints this overall picture of kind of a lush safety, right? Because there's food, they have dominion over all things, and their needs are completely met. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And I love that you mentioned, yeah, multiple components of security that they have. There's a, yeah, this relationship with God and his presence is there. There's a safety and comfortability. And yeah, they kind of have it all, like everything. They rule and reign over this. And so exile then for Mm -hmm. them is the removal of all of that. So you Mm -hmm. think about all of the perfect, whole, complete way of life that they had there. Exile means the removal of all of that, Mm -hmm. which I think is where the appropriate grayscale comes over what's happening here in exile. And when we think about sin and what sin does, and you know, we often will use the phrase like a broken world or whatever, the foundation for a lot of that is the idea of exile. Like why do we live in this broken world where our hearts don't feel satisfied, where, where relationally we're off, where we feel like God is really distant, where all those things, well, all of that was in Hmm. Eden and now we are kicked out of our home, so to speak. And so we're in a world that we don't fully belong in, I think. And all those great things are now missing. And so when we talk about a broken Mm. world or a sinful world, we're talking about a a world in exile. Yeah, which I think is a good picture for us because when you read the story again, like I said last week, you can read it at face value and just not think about how it connects to our lives today and also how them getting kicked out of the garden wasn't that God just moved them to a new spot. Like it's desolate and barren compared to what they had. Yeah, and I remember even... I'm sure there's been moments where you felt like homesick, right? Because that's kind of the idea of exile is that you you don't have your home. And probably most people listening to this or maybe all of us, we don't have an actual experience where we've gotten exiled from our country or something. But even on a smaller scale, like I've felt times where, you know, I've had to be away for work or different things for a week. And after a couple of days, like I miss my wife and my boys. I miss kind of our, the people and the life that we have and, and different things like that. And while other things, you know, there's good components to different stuff. You kind of feel that little bit of a homesickness or if you've ever been away for a while, or maybe if you've gone to college for the first time and you kind of feel this like ache of this is different. It, it's not what I'm used to and the security of my home and my family, whatever. That's what we're talking about on a large scale. And that means if that's true, all people feel that, whether we acknowledge it or not. There's a, a sense of homesickness in all of us because we all live in this exile, away from God's presence and the security of how we were designed to live. So then essentially, was Jesus exiled when he was on earth? Because he would probably feel that same homesickness, right? Yeah, I think a form of exile, yeah, because he you know, left the, the heavens and mm. came to earth to be with us in a broken world. And so, yeah, I think that he faced the effects of that and the brokenness of exile as he dwelt on earth for 30 years. Mm, Yeah, that's interesting. It's just cool to see how the idea of exile plays out tangibly in our lives today. But then we also see it in scripture, especially as the Israelites are wandering when they were sent out of their own land in what, Second Kings? Yeah, which, and in that exile, it's given to us somewhat graphically, but again, if you think about what's actually happening there, 
when another country comes or another nation and they come and they take Israel away, I mean, that's a pretty horrible situation, but primarily it's horrible on a physical level because you have, you know, there was probably a lot of horrible things actually taking place to men, women, and children. People are dying. People are being assaulted. Like it's a horrible thing and you are intentionally broken down so that you come and are now either slaves or or whatever in another land. So it's a horrible situation. But the other component of it is it's not just physical for them because what God has done throughout the Old Testament is he has made some promises to get a people back from exile. So I think we've talked about some of these, but if you remember Genesis 3 that we talked about last week, the promise is that a son would come and defeat all the enemies of God. There's a promise in Genesis 12 that there's going to be a land. You know, we see that promised land, that idea of a land so often in the Old Testament. Well, think about if they had the Garden of Eden, this place where there was security, safety, presence of God, all that stuff that you mentioned, Mm -hmm. and now they're in exile, the beauty of the promised land, what does the land do? Well, a land offers your people security, it offers them safety. And when God says, I'm going to dwell with you and be there in the tent or the tabernacle or the temple, he's saying, my presence is now going to come back. So all those things that they lost, he's now promising, I'm going to recreate that. I'm going to bring you out of exile into a land. And the the horrible nature of the exile in part is that they're losing all that again. So it's another true exile where God is saying, I have come to be with you and recreate this Eden-like state and now you're being exiled from that so it is horrible on the physical Mm -hmm. level it's also horrible on the spiritual level that all of god's promises he seems to be either failing at or they have to come to the realization that they didn't live up to the end of their deal and so they're now being exiled again Mm -hmm. which also makes the sweet news of jesus so much sweeter because he came to restore that relationship between them and the father essentially yeah which what what would you say how would you describe than what Jesus does exactly in line with the theme of exile. I think he, in a theoretical sense, but also in a literal sense in a lot of ways too, calls people to understand that they didn't hold up their end of the deal. So kind of what Mm -hmm. the prophets were doing, they're telling people to repent and turn back to God. That's also what Jesus is doing, but he's the ultimate redeemer essentially because he's calling people to then look to himself like he is god in the flesh and he is the one who will actually save them but that doesn't happen until he is on the cross yeah and i think you mentioned it before like him facing the effects or the feeling of exile i think in some way is helpful for us because we've even done episodes on the idea of God feeling distant or us feeling the effects of brokenness, distance from God, some sort of emotional, mental, spiritual, like loneliness, like all those kind of things. Those really are the effects of exile. We're living in this state and this world of exile. And what Jesus has done is like you said, he, he has come in a form of exile to live amongst people who are in this state of separation from God And what's interesting is even when he dies, a Hebrews actually makes a point to say that he went outside the city. So he actually was like led outside of the place of God. And and, and again, another form of exile to die. 
Which again, if you think about Eden, Eden is a place of life. What is more of an exile than actual death? That is the like being removed from your life. So he actually he comes in a form of exile. He then leaves the own city. He goes outside, which is another form of exile, to die, which is another form of exile, so that he could right all of the wrongs of exile and actually redeem all of those like stuck in a place of exile. And then, yeah, the good news is that he raises again to forever be in life with the presence of the father to always be in this like new state where he brings us all with him. Mm -hmm. So he takes us out of exile by actually going into exile on our behalf, which is just wild because Mm -hmm. yeah, his entire life on this earth is just exile after exile in order that we would no longer experience spiritual exile from God. Which do you think does that, I mean, I think that should offer hope, right? Because I, I am guessing a lot of people are facing the effects of exile in some sense. Because really, exile is one of the main problems. So whether you feel lonely, whether you feel like your heart is just really dissatisfied, whether you feel the effects of death, with which again is an exile, so like some sort of illness or your body's breaking down or you have emotional like issues, all of those things, those are effects of not being home. Like mm-hmm. we were created to have the fullness of life in the presence of God and we're not. And so we face all these effects of exile what would you say or how would you encourage somebody to find hope in Jesus in the midst of feeling the effects of exile? Well, I have some discouragement to offer before hope. Okay, I guess you could do that. <laughs> no, I was just sitting here thinking, man, it's just so interesting that when you put it in perspective that way, it makes me just long for heaven more and be like, man, I cannot wait to get out of this life right now. I love my life. There's like nothing <laughs> bad. But no, I think it's just interesting though, because that in and of itself is kind of a little bit discouraging because it's like, man, like this isn't our home. And I think in a lot of ways too, that's also a good thing to want to long for heaven and long to be united with God one day. But I think the fact that we are currently in exile and then seeing that Jesus was in exile his entire time here so that we would no longer be in exile one day I think that gives us hope because it makes us realize that he went through and experienced what we go through and experience every day. And at least for me, in a real sense, it just reminds me of how he is the best friend. He is the one that will know my heart and my feelings deeper than anyone else because he experienced all of them to the full. And so I think for me, that offers hope because I know he's with me. But also it's kind of saddening too because it just makes you want to hope for that day even more. You're saying saddening in the sense of of what exactly, I guess. I think it just pops the it just pops the Western bubble of everything here is perfect and this life is the life and that's Mm. it. And so honestly bittersweet because I think it's good when that bubble pops and we realize, wait a second, our eternity is way more than what we have right now, right here. But it kind of reminds you that what we see in front of us isn't all it's cracked up to be. And what has more life is the eternal. Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. No, I think it does. And I think it is hard for people to grasp that. And that may feel kind of discouraging in some ways. And it also is actually the like hope for people. Because at some point, people will have that like bubble popped for them. Like you will go through some sort of health scare, somebody will let you down. You will feel immense pain and hurt at some point in your life. Everybody will. And in those moments, 
you need some sort of hope outside of this life really is all that there is, or it's as good as it's going to get. Because for those in Christ, this life is actually as bad as it's ever going to get. Like it's only going to get better for his people. And so it is hard because you are telling people this life isn't all there is. And for some people right now, that may sound hard, but when they, or for other people that are struggling and have pain and feel the effects of exile, that's actually the great hope. And it's really the only solution because if we don't have this, what other hope do we have that mm-hmm. hopefully you'll get over the health issue? Hopefully you'll get over the you know emotional issues. Hopefully you know your loved one won't die. Like hopefully all those like maybe, but what happens when they do or when those things don't go away? You need some sort of other hope, and this both gives an answer to pain and suffering in the world because we're saying it's not just that God has left you. It's not that He's mad at you. It's not that you know, God is evil. We're saying there's pain and brokenness because we're in this state of exile, but we also have the hope that Christ has come to take us out of exile and to give us something new, which the end of the Bible, the last two chapters is the new heavens and new earth. And that's the new home for God's people. So I think maybe to bring it back to what you said before then, the Bible begins with the garden and the setting of home. We are removed from that, so we're in exile. But the Bible says that there's this new home that's being built for us that we're one day going to go to, which I think then, I'm guessing, is the answer to your initial question, or yeah. to what we talked about at the beginning of how are we exiles today? It's, yes, we face the exile, like spiritual exile of death and brokenness, but now that we're in Christ, we have another home that we we do belong to, right? And so we are exiles in that. Now this broken world isn't our like actual home here anymore. We're united to Christ and we have a new home that's coming. That's good. So then how do you practically live in that reality each day? What does that look like for you? Of being in exile? Yeah. Well, the first thought that comes to mind is what, again, I feel like we say all the time, but it's reminding myself that this is not home. You know, like it's actually getting our eyes on not just Christ. I mean, yes, Christ and what he has done for us, but the reality of the hope that we have in Christ, which is that the effects of this exile aren't abnormal. It's not meaningless. Because I think that's the other thing. Sometimes when you go through hard things and it feels like, man, has God just left me here? Like, why is this happening? Why do we keep going through things? It reminds me of, oh, we keep going through things because we're still in this world of brokenness and exile, Mm -hmm. but my hope doesn't actually lie here. So, uh, Mm -hmm. but my heart is always going to be prone to believing this is all there is or to living for this world or that the effects of exile are God's fault or whatever. The discipline is getting my heart to remember the whole story. And like that, that this really isn't our home. This isn't the ultimate thing for us. And that we do have a home that we're moving toward. And so I think it gives hope in a lot of hard times. It also just, to me, it makes what Jesus has done more full and beautiful Mm -hmm. that, again, he didn't just like forgive me of some wrong things I've done. He didn't just come to like teach me how to be a better person. Like he came to fix the effects of exile for me and for the world. And he's recreating something. 
Thank you for joining us today. The goal of the Christian Formation Podcast is to live all of life with the presence of God, and we do this through conversations about theology, culture, and stories. Please like this, rate it, review it, share it so that it can get out to more people. If you have any questions, email us at formation at providenceomaha.org. We'll see you next week.